Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Up in his first offering, just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there. They're gonna wave him in. I don't believe it. My oh my! And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into another edition of Payoff Pitch, Action Network's Major League Baseball betting podcast. Brendan Glasheen with Action Network contributor Sean Zarillo. He's also a great writer at the Action Network and Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. We are with you every Tuesday and Friday, Payoff Pitch, with analysis and breakdown of the Major League Baseball slate. Please rate, review, subscribe. We have a 16-gamer today because the Braves and Mets are playing twice. Three o'clock start, and they play into the evening. So, uh, 16 games on the docket. We don't hit every game on this show. We hit what we want to put some action on. That's what uh, Colin and Sean are here for. So, leading off our matchups of the day, we'll take a few minutes to dissect some games that both Sean and Colin are high on. Zarillo, we'll start with you. We got Yankees, Blue Jays. I feel like all year we're going to have fantastic, uh, just great games whenever it involves an AL East team because. These teams in the AL East are going to play each other quite a bit, so it's a pretty big series. Yankees, Blue Jays. Yankees are an underdog at plus 110. Blue Jays minus 130 on the money line. Total set at eight. What do you got for us? Yeah, these games are vital, probably for who will ultimately end up winning the division. Blue Jays sitting two and a half games back, so they got to get themselves back in the race by winning at least one of these next two games, if not both. AL Cy Young race in some order, probably Dylan Cease, Alec Manoa, Justin Verlander, Kevin Gaussman, however you want to order them. They are the top four in expected ERA, and I think that kind of aligns with what we've seen to date in terms of being the Cy Young race thus far. I bet the Jays overnight first five at minus 135, or at minus 130, you can bet it up to minus 135 still if you find that out there. I think there still is a number at minus 135 at BetMGM. Also bet the first five under four and a half juiced last night. If you can find a plus 105 on under four, I think that's fine taking. I projected this at 3.9, but I like both of these pitchers quite a bit. And Manoa just looks as good as anybody in the American League. Colin Whitchurch, it's a great game. Yankees are 17 and six. Jays 15 and nine. As Zarello mentioned, two and a half games separate the two teams. The chance for the Yankees to 
create some separation. But uh, to Sean's point, Colin, it feels like the urgency might be on the Toronto side. Yeah, the Yankees have won 10 straight games. Generally, when a team goes on a long winning streak like that, I'm looking for opportunities to fade them. I kind of wish the number was a little bit closer to the Yankees' favor here, but I do still think there's value on the Blue Jays' full game money line, minus 130, minus 140 range. I'm a huge believer in Manoa. Zarilla laid out a lot of the reasons why. Our colleague Anthony DeBundo wrote a big piece on why he's adding a Alec Manoa Cy Young future up on Action Network earlier this week. I also am with Sean on the first five innings. I like Blue Jays' first five innings and their full game money line. I also think that the first five innings under has value, four-and-a-half-ish range. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all on in on the Blue Jays. Like I said, the Yankees have won 10 straight. They're rolling. I think there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors in how good they've been. They've, they've been good. Yeah, but I don't think that they've been like best team in baseball. Good. So winning streaks got to come to an end at some point. This is a perfect opportunity to do so. You're getting value on the Jays as a short favorite. Any concerns about this Yankees lineup uh, on Manoa? I mean, look, he's played, he's faced some good teams, right? He faced the Yankees in his first start of the season. He's faced the Strohs, the Red Sox, the Jays have had a really brutal schedule in terms of some offenses they've had to face here out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that makes me so optimistic about Manoa this year is because of what he's done and against the teams he's done it against. Three of his four starts are against the Yankees, Astros, and Red Sox. You're not going to face three better offenses in the American League this year. Maybe throw the White Sox, Twins, and Angels in there, and you've got your top six offenses in baseball. I mean, based on expected stats, at least. Manoa has a very lively fastball. The Yankees have a couple of hitters in the lineup who do well against fastballs, Judge, LeMayhew, et cetera. But we saw what he did in, in New York, and that was a tougher pitching environment than we see in Toronto. So I see no reason why he's not going to be able to duplicate it in the Rogers Center. I take the Jays lineup all day over the Yankees lineup too. I mean, once you get to the back end of that Yankees lineup, Gallo is still banged up, so he may not even play today. But once you get to that Hicks, Kiner, Falefa, and Higashioka, seven, eight, nine, that gets a little sketchy for me. So Jay's a much deeper lineup, in my opinion. Okay, very good. Let's move on to another matchup in leading off that we're focused on for tonight. We've got the San Francisco Giants and LA Dodgers. Once again, these two teams are nip and tuck. The Padres, though, in the thick of things as well in the NL West. Dodgers at 14 and seven. Plus 47 run differential. Giants have a better run differential than those Padres, but sit just a half game back at 14 and eight. Giants are a dog tonight on the road visiting LA. Dodgers minus 145. Total set at six and a half. So, Sean Zarillo, I guess we're suspecting a good pitching matchup. How do you bet this game? Yeah, when Carlos Rodon is healthy, I know we just talked about how good Alec Manoa is, but when Rodon is healthy, he might be the best pitcher on the planet. He's actually second in terms of the best projection in my model behind Corbin Burns. And he's seventh in average fastball velocity right now. It's actually up a tick from where it was last year, closer to where he was at the peak of his powers last year. It eventually tapered off as he got injured. Seventh in called strike plus whiff rate, fourth in strike, swinging strike rate. Um, the Giants have done some different things with his pitch mix. They've scrapped this changeup. He's going more fastball slider, and he's actually mixing in a curve a little bit this year. But he looks extremely effective. All of my expected indicators on him have him about a 2.6, 2.75 pitcher. 
when he's fully healthy. And on the other side of the matchup, Julio Rios, his velocity is down about a mile and a half per hour. You can't really project him to that sub three ERA where he had last year, have him closer to a 3.4, even as high as a 3.8 pitcher. So I actually do see an advantage for the Giants in the starting pitching matchup. Dodgers better lineup. Bullpen's about even for me. So I like the Giants here, both first five and full game. First five to 113, full game to 125, 123 even. Uh, and I also bet the first five under three and a half. I projected this at three. You can bet a juice minus 125 on the three and a half. I think that's fine. So once again, Colin, we find ourselves in a divisional matchup. We just talked Yankees, Blue Jays, but there being value in the visiting team. Now, this is different because the Yankees, as you mentioned, have won 10 in a row, but the Giants here, they're coming off a loss. They're not playing as well as a Yankees team or as hot as a Yankees team, but some value there at plus 120. How would you do? You, do you relate to Zarillo here? Are you in on the Giants uh, first five full game? How do you bet it? I am in on the Giants. I think that anytime you can get a team like the Giants at plus money like this with their ace on the mound, you need to jump on it. I'm a big believer in Rodon. The actual area that I really like in this game that I think I disagree with Zarillo a little bit on is I'm also on the full game total over. I anytime a total's hanging at six and a half, I'm eyeballing it. The over has been really profitable on totals when it's in the six and a half or seven range this year. We, I know unders have been profitable in general, but when they overcorrect a little bit to the that six and a half range, the the over becomes profitable. Now, obviously, love wrote on. Urias has rebounded from his tough first start of the season, but this is going to be the toughest lineup Rodon's faced this year by far. He faced the Mets, was really good there, but his other three starts were against the Marlins, Guardians, and Athletics. Urias has had trouble with his command this year. He's walked quite a few batters. I think that between those two starters and the bullpens and these two really potent offenses, that we're going to find a little bit of offense in this game. You know, we could see whether it's a five to three final something in in that range i don't see any reason why these offenses aren't going to still put up runs on the scoreboard even with these the quality of these starting pitchers so i like the giants on the money line i like their first five innings as well i agree with cirillo there but i also am on the over here six and a half if you can find it is superb i'll take it at seven you just increase your push back push risk obviously and there's more six and a half and sevens out there we talked last week on the podcast the totals in the opening week first 10 days were around 8.8 they dropped to 7.8 for the next 10 days. The average total today is closer to seven and a half. So the books keep bringing them down. These unders keep hitting close to a 60% rate and they can't make the totals low enough. So we're starting to see over sevens at plus money and then even over six and a half at minus 110. It's just completely wild. Yeah, so I'm seeing seven now at multiple books for Giants Dodgers. The over at seven, uh, over under at seven, and uh, minus one fifteen for an over, minus one hundred five for an under. And yes, like for example, to Zarillo's point, I see White Sox over seven at plus one hundred for today. Um, even money for Twins Orioles. It's why what Twins Orioles being seven is wild, but it's so tough with that new wall. In Baltimore, every game is going under there. There's just no more home runs out to left field anymore. So seeing a seven in Baltimore is just absolutely bananas to me, considering the quality of their bullpen. Okay, payoff pitch moves on. Great uh, great couple of games there for, uh, for some of the matchups we're watching today. Moving on to uh, other games you want to discuss and on deck. Oh, look out. Uh-oh. You think you're safe over there on deck, but you're really not. We'll, take, uh, we'll let Sean Zarello here take the reins for a bit. So you've got a handful of matchups, Sean, that you're, you're eyeing as well, besides the two marquee matchups we just discussed. 
Yeah, I've got some more thoughts on some as compared to others. Let's try to get rid of the quick ones first. Uh, the Royals plus money in either half. I think her value against the Cardinals made them a slight favorite in either half. I like Brad Keller. I've always liked Brad Keller. Mid-90s fastball, effective slider, 50% ground ball rate. That's always going to play, and I think he's finally hitting his stride in terms of command. His command looks much improved this year. Angels and Red Sox, betting the Red Sox at home at plus money, like it to plus 112. Noah Syndergaard, I think, still getting valued off of name value and not necessarily off of skills. Strikeouts and walks this year, not great. Also hit a couple of batters. He's just not really pitching to what he was previously and earlier in his career. The stuff is still there. Maybe he gets back to it. But I think there's value on the Red Sox today. Padres and Guardians, this is a tough one. Clevenger coming back, facing his old team. He made eight starts in 2020. He made 21 starts in 2019. Hasn't pitched since then. So what are you project him as? I gave him a best case scenario projection, around 3.6 projection expected ERA, whatever you want to call it. Don't have batted ball data on him in a couple of years. Looked good in his minor league starts. That said, I'm giving him a best case scenario projection and I still show value on the Guardians. So I think you almost have to bet the Guardians here. If Clevenger is going to pitch closer to a four ERA, and again, this is his first start of the year, first start in two years, there's definitely value on the Guardians. But even in the best case scenario projection, Still see value on them. Speaking of best case scenario projections, the Brewers and the Reds. Oh boy. I did not want to bet this game. Believe me, I don't want to be betting the Reds anymore. Yesterday, and I've talked about this in the past, you have to check who the probable starters were. Everybody still had Gutierrez listed for the Reds. Tyler Molly had been announced. These lines were at plus 245 full game, plus 225 first five innings. Best case scenario projection made, made Molly as bad as I could made Woodruff in the bullpen as good as I, or made Molly as bad as I could. And the Reds bullpen as bad as I could made the Brewers bullpen and Woodruff as good as I possibly could still couldn't get this line past minus minus one ninety seven. If this was opening day would have made it around minus one fifty five minus one sixty five. So potentially tremendous value on the Reds with Molly, their best pitcher on the mound. He's actually been better this year than he was last year. And again, I didn't want to bet this game. But the line has moved 40 cents since overnights. So I know I know, I was correct in making that decision. You have to bet off of the news sometimes. And it appeared like the books didn't adjust the line. Like I said, I, if this was opening day, I would have made the Reds like plus 165, plus 160. So yeah, there's probably still value on the Reds, even closer to plus 200. But that line moved 40 cents from overnight. I'm comfortable laying off of it at this point. Nobody wants to bet this team. That's fine. If the line was for Gutierrez, it would have been correct. Also, it was really funny just messing around with my projections. It was like, what is Corbin Burns against Vladimir Gutierrez? Worst case scenario. I got it to minus 485 in the first five innings for the Brewers. I just thought that was hilarious because I couldn't imagine a minus 500 popping up at a baseball game, but I could get it there if I wanted it to. Uh, the last one we'll talk about, because I know Colin has some thoughts on this one as well. The White Sox and the Cubs. Michael Kopech carrying a 275 expected ERA the past two seasons. Wasn't that great in his last start. But Drew Smiley is smoke and mirrors, 97% strain rate, 241 BABIP. Both of those are going to regress substantially, and we've talked about it as well. The White Sox crushed left-handed pitching, second in WRC Plus last year against lefties, still project much better against lefties than they do righties. So I see tons of value on the White Sox here in the first five innings, slightly less value over the full game, but I like both of those bets. And I think minus 155 uh, first five, minus 135 full game would be my price targets. I just want to know when the Reds regular season win total under can be paid out. Like what can that get paid out like 
next week. I, this, geez, they're three and nineteen. Geez. Anyway, we're gonna go on a run at some point. You know, yeah. we're gonna lose. You may not win money betting on them because everybody might have jumped off, but I guarantee you, people are gonna lose money trying to fade them over an extended period. At some point, they are gonna rip off a winning streak. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. Colin Whitchurch, of those games that Sean mentioned, we do have best bets coming as well, folks, here on Payoff Pitch for Tuesday, May 3rd. But what uh, what are some thoughts here, Colin, on what Sean Zarello's got cooking and on deck? Well, Brendan, I'm just wondering who we need to call to get Sean some help on his his Reds wagers here. Um, no, I, I, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually on the Reds today as well. I, I, oh. completely, I completely agree with him. I think that with with the Reds at this point, obviously we talked last week about how they're going to go on a run at some point. They're going to be better than their record currently is. And if you're looking for opportunities to buy the Reds, it's going to be in Tyler Molly starts. Tyler Molly is as good as advertised. He's probably going to be the Reds' lone all-star rep in, I think it's Los Angeles this summer. He's phenomenal. And if you can get him, like Sean said, you can get him at a plus 190 range when um, a few weeks ago it probably but it would have been in like the 160 range there's absolutely value there even against a pitcher as good as Brandon Woodruff so I'm going to be betting the Reds uh, right along with you tonight Sean um, also big fan of the Royals with with Brad Keller I like him a lot more going forward than Dakota Hudson what else did you talk about Padres Guardians Clevenger Plesac I'm actually on the over here I think that fading Clevenger coming back from a long-term injury. Also, we're not sure how much length he's going to get for San Diego. And I have some questions about that bullpen. I think you can get over at eight. So I, I like the over there in Cleveland. And finally, White Sox, another contrarian over on a six and a half or seven. I think that line, the line was way down this morning. It's going to be cold and rainy at Wrigley today. And I think wind wind, blowing in winds are blowing in from left center at 20 ish miles an hour. But you mentioned the White Sox offensive regression. They have the biggest difference in baseball right now between their expected batting average and batting average. And also their expected slugging and slugging. Kopech's the real deal. These balls are going to start falling and in a, wacky weather environment at Wrigley against a soft tossing lefty. I think that they're going to be finding plenty of holes. So I like the White Sox tonight and I really like the over. I think that there's going to be plenty of offense tonight there. They said on the Sox broadcast yesterday to the number of games that the White Sox have played in sub 50 degree temperatures. It's not even close compared to any other team. They played every day in miserable weather. And I think that's definitely contributed to their offensive differential between expected and actual statistics. May I add, too, on Clevenger, this the latest reporting from a few days ago from MLB.com. He only threw he threw 67 pitches during his rehab assignment. Hasn't thrown in the game, as Zarello mentioned, since 2020. And uh, it's, it doesn't say definitely, but it says in almost, almost certainly he'll be on a pitch count in his initial innings. Yeah. So, 67 yeah, is not very many it's, pitches. It's, just, right? it's really hard to project what he's going to be. But like I said, using a best-case scenario projection – I still show value on the Guardians. So if he's any worse than that, it's substantial value. On to our final segment of Payoff Pitch. Cleaning up. Time for Best Bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. Last episode. Two and two on the pod. 
Colin went two and zero, which I won't bring up what the other person on this show did. Um, Zerlo, um, as he smiles on the on the Zoom call, nine nine and three is the payoff pitch record to this stage of the season. As we move into the month of May, Colin, we'll let you go first since since I peer pressured you into two bets per show. Uh, it's going well. Uh, what do you got for us tonight? Uh, best bets May third. Yeah, I'm going to talk first about a game that we haven't brought up. Well, I guess Zerlo brought it up a little bit. Twins Orioles. I get to talk about my main man Joe Ryan. AL Rookie of the Year contender. He's still sitting around fourth or fifth best odds. The slow starts of Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr. Gives him plenty of value. And I'm going to do something that you're not going to see either of us do very often on this show, and I'm going to take a run line. You can get the Twins minus one and a half at the plus 100 to plus 105 range. Anything with a plus number in front of it. I think Ryan is the real deal. This number is a little bit closer than it should be because Bruce Zimmerman has gotten off to such a good start this season. I think that there's some smoke and mirrors there. I think the Twins offense just eats Zimmerman alive, brings him back to earth a little bit, and Ryan keeps shoving. The Orioles are a bottom 10 offense against both fastballs and sliders this year. Those are Ryan's two main offerings. He's been great with his pitch mix. He's been great with his fastball deception. He's avoided the home run and as Zerillo mentioned home runs are a little bit harder to come by in Baltimore nowadays anyway so give me the Baltimore run line minus one and a half at with a plus number in front of it I'll take that all day the second best bet I have is one that we are we just got done talking about White Sox Cubs over I would love it at six and a half I'll take it at seven again it just increases your push risk for all the reasons I already laid out I think the White Sox offense beats up Drew Smiley. As good as Michael Kopech's been, the White Sox bullpen's been a little shaky to start this year. The Cubs should be able to scratch across at least a few, so that number is way too low. Look at the White Sox team total over. I think that would be interesting. And I'm on the, the Twins' first five, minus 160. I think you could lay it to that number. I was just going to mention that Joe Ryan's uh, props are coming in right now um, over on DraftKings. And if those are any indication, it looks as if, or it feels as if he's in for another great day. The strikeout prop at six and a half, it's at minus 145. Hits allowed at four and a half. Unders at minus 140. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Ryan, he's rightfully so, has uh, earned uh, his uh, clout at this stage of the season. Sean Zarillo, what do you got for us? Best bets. Yeah, the one that I can guarantee you will be a play is the Giants' first five innings. I mentioned that I like that down to plus 113, but we have to talk about the Mets' doubleheader because these lines have started to come out before the pitchers are confirmed. Now it's presumed that we're going to get Carlos Carrasco going in game one for the Mets. It's presumed that we're going to get David Peterson going in game two against Kyle Wright. Value on the Mets in the first five innings in game one for sure for me if Carrasco's starting. Charlie Morton broke his leg in the playoffs last year. He still managed to throw like 16 pitches on a broken leg because he's an absolute psychopath. But his command is gone this year. So far, his stuff is fine. Fastball velocity is fine. But 11 walks and 18 innings pitched, that's not Charlie Morton. Strikeout rate also down. Hitting the zone under 40% of the time, closer to 45% career. So until he finds his command, Morton is a bet against guy right now. But that's not a substantial edge. That's a Mets to minus 120, 125 first five innings type bet. The line for game two is insane. They hung a minus 120 on Kyle Wright against David Peterson. Not only is Wright already the best pitcher on the Braves, he's better than Max Free. 
He looks like vintage Charlie Morton. Increased his curveball usage by 20% this year. Fastball velocity up a mile and a half. This is not even close to where the number should be. I projected this closer to minus 200. They hung a minus 120 for the first five innings. I'm going to stop myself from putting my entire bankroll on this bet because this line is actually insane. Wright is a legitimate Cy Young contender in the National League right now. He looks tremendous. 1-8 expected ERA. Peterson is a number five starter with limited upside. Give me the Braves all day at minus 120 in game two on the first five inning line. Like I said, I just can't guarantee that that's the pitching matchup yet. But if it is, I mean, that's an absolute hammer spot. Okay, good stuff. Way to identify a chance to uh, take advantage of the number, Cirillo. And like we mentioned, you know, we said this last episode too, while our record is at 500, if you've taken advantage of some of these plus money opportunities on this podcast, you should be making a profit so far tuning in to payoff pitch. So that will do it for us. We're back. I won't be here, but we'll be back on Friday, May 6th, 2022 for another big slate, Friday night slate in all likelihood. Looking forward to that. We come to you every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season. Payoff pitch, action networks, go to Major League Baseball podcast. We give analysis and break down the slate. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For Sean Zarillo and Colin Whitchurch, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for tuning in. Best of luck with your bets today, and we'll catch you back here on Friday. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.